Hey doll fans! So excited for this upcoming year and for Tua. I can't wait to see what we do this year. I'm really looking forward to the season and I think he's gonna start week one. Um, I don't really have a favorite joke. I guess my mom's favorite joke is what do you call a cow with no legs? Ground beef. That joke's for Brian. This is by the Fanatics Jimmy Kearns and Brian Byrne on the Fanatics Network. Dolphins fans, this is Mike Kosicki. Catch Jimmy Kearns and Brian Burns' new podcast, The Fin Addicts and The Sure Thing. You can find them on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And make sure to subscribe to The Fin Addicts Network on YouTube as well. Fin's up. What is going on? Welcome into The Fin Addicts Podcast on The Fin Addicts Network. As always, I am your host, Jimmy Kearns. Before we hop into anything again, let me give you the YouTube channel, Fin Addicts Network. Please go and subscribe. The Twitter handle, Fin underscore Addicts. Follow it if you haven't already. If you haven't already, I got to question what you're doing. Um, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. It is probably on there. Also, some big news. Got a hotline now, the Fin Addicts hotline. I got a phone number for you that you can text or call. Please be advised that any messages left can and will be used against you on our podcast. <laughs> that number for you, 786-309-7559. Again, 786-309-7558. That's how they do it, right? They always do the again and read a phone number again. Mm -hmm. um, before we get into anything else again, also, we got a big announcement here. Our boy Savak, got to welcome him to the Finn Addicts team. A huge pickup. This is bigger than Brady to the Bucks, Newton to the Pats. This is huge. <laughs> This is DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals type stuff we're working on here. One of the greats at, at Seriously Savak on Twitter, host of Seriously Sports Podcast. This dude's a comedian, YouTuber, musician. This dude does it all. Savak, what is going on, man? Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. It is an honor to join such an illustrious team. I mean, look at you guys. Squad, squad up. <laughs> squad goals, bro. Hell yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't put too much pressure on you claiming how big of a pickup you are, but I can't, you know, it's not hyperbole. You're a stud, kid. <laughs> Love having you already. Appreciate What's it. What's the over-under on new subscribers now that Savak is on it? I, at, I least, it at. at least three and a half. At least. <laughs> Give me the over. You're gu and guaranteed at least three subscribers. That ha mustachioed handsome gentleman that hopped in with us is Brian, as always. Brian, how you doing, brother? Jimmy, I'm doing great. I'm really psyched to be back on another episode of the Fanatics uh, on the Fanatics Network. Um, I always have to remind everybody um, we have a fantasy football league. We have enough 12 person leagues to support everyone. It was actually an uh, idea started with our guest tonight because we, we filled up one league and then we cut out like two dozen people and I felt really bad. Huh. So we're doing huge network of leagues. Uh, the grand champion is going to get um, a really cool Fanatics uh, trophy, and they will also get two tickets to the MetLife Takeover in New York, Dolphins-Jets game. It is an unbelievable time. It's only a $50 entry fee. Every league has its payout of $400, $150, and $50. Um, so definitely a can't miss. And then, like I said about our guest, uh, 
<clears throat> we we have a really special guest. So when I when I was first kind of batting around the idea of Finn Addicts as a name of the show, my idea was, you know, like we'd sit here and we talked Dolphins football and we could bring on other Finn Addicts who are just insane Miami Dolphins fans like Jimmy Savak and myself are. And uh, literally the guy that came to mind as our guest tonight, um, Ian Berger, Big E on Twitter, um, is, you know, lifelong Dolphins fan. He's in he, I literally talk to him all the time, and I think this is the first time we've actually spoken, but he's just involved in everything Miami Dolphins and a huge fan. So, Ian, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? What do, what do you have? What are you currently working on? Well, thanks, guys. First of all, thank you so much for the invite. I love being able to talk about the Dolphins, but I love what you guys have started with the Fanatics Network. And uh, I know you guys have picked up a lot of followers recently, and, you know, you got Sabak now as a, as a team member. So, uh, really excited to join. So I appreciate you guys inviting me on. Um, what do I have going on? I think the big thing right now is uh, a month and a half in to the two-minute drill for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, that has become pretty successful. I think people like that two-minute news clips about the, you know, specifically about the Miami Dolphins. Uh, what's going to be coming up, I'm going to start writing a little bit more too, because that's what I started with originally, um, was doing writing and then I started podcasting. And then as the season gets closer, I'm actually going to have my own segment on the dolphinstalk.com main podcast for about 10 or 15 minutes a couple times a week. So something to look forward to. It gives me an opportunity to give my opinion. I never, never consider myself an expert. I'm just, uh, as I like to say, I'm a fan with a keyboard. So uh, now I'm a fan with a microphone. It works out too. So I, I like that take on things. Too, too many people nowadays consider themselves experts in everything. So I, I like that take. I'm not an expert in this either. I just like talking about it, you know? Um, man, I love how he's, I could listen to Ian talk all day. That mic is giving <laughs> off that radio sound thing. and yeah, yeah. I, I like it a lot. So something we do with the guests, Ian, we like to just know, um, you know, how and when, how long you became a Dolphins fan. How did it happen, man? I, uh, it happened in 1985. I remember the year my grandfather took me to my first ever Dolphins game. Uh, at the Orange Bowl, I remember us in the parking ride. I remember us, uh, you know, the the vision of Orange Bowl driving yep. into the Orange Bowl. And at the time, I'm kind of aging myself. I was about 11 years old at the time. And I remember going to the game and having a great time. My grandfather brought his binoculars, which he always did to the football games. Um, and I just got hooked, you know, because it wasn't something that was in my family. My parents weren't really big into football or into the Dolphins. So I ended up becoming a huge fan it took me a little while to actually start going to games but I took my father to his first ever Dolphins game in 92 and got him hooked wow. because of because uh, the the if you remember in 1992 that was around the Brian Cox era yeah. and the huge Dolphins versus Bills rivalry so we kind of made it a habit of making sure that we were going to every Dolphins Bills home game um, and I would pay for it because I had enough I was working at McDonald's made enough money to be able to do that type of stuff and then my my fandom kind of grew until uh, until I was able to afford some season tickets and got had a family. And um, I don't know if they love it as much as I do. <laughs> I think more or less they probably tolerate what, you know, my, my fandom, um, but they know it makes me happy. And actually, that's what my wife always says. She says, if it makes you happy, then I'm happy. And, uh, you know, she's a great, great wife. I'm going to give her a little plug here. Right hey, now. absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's a sign of a good partner right there. Yeah. They don't have to dig, you know, head over heels what you're into, but as long as they, you know, it makes you happy. So it should, Correct. you know, make them happy, you know, and uh, a wise woman once said, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. 
you know i don't know how that's, that's historical crow? that was Cheryl yes. crow wasn't it yeah oh i thought it was uh Bar- uh george washington's wife but uh what's her <laughs> um beatrice washington i believe but um so you, you said you're a season ticket holder how how long have you been how long you had season tickets down there so I figured it out the other day. I've actually had season tickets probably 17 or 18 years. But what wow. happened was for the first 10 years, I couldn't afford tickets for the entire season. So I would buy the tickets from one of my coworkers who upgraded to club. And then I would sell about half the season, maybe three quarters of the season. So basically I was going to the games for free because back in the 90s, you know, in late 90s, 2000s, you could, get, you could sell the tickets for a little extra money. You know, and that would basically counter for, for us to be able to, to go to those games. But then eight years ago, the, the first year of Tannehill, the year after we went to the playoffs with Chad Pennington, um, I decided to buy my own tickets as a family. So we've got two tickets. I have a family of four and uh, we rotate who goes at what time. For a while, it was my oldest daughter for the last couple of seasons. It's been my youngest daughter. And we just just go there to have a good time. You know, it's yeah. not about, it's not really about the wins or the losses, even though I prefer the wins. It's just <laughs> about making sure that everybody has a good time. No, it's definitely, it's a great experience. You can't beat it live and, you know, and bringing the family along, they get some junk food, the kids, you get to enjoy some football. It's, it's a great thing, especially if you're passing it on to kids. I, I love it, man. Um, what, you guys got anything for Ian? Any follow-ups to that or what? I need to- I'm talking about uh, season tickets for next year and I was talking to my wife about it and she was like all on board and she's like yeah we go to Miami I'll get to go to South Beach and I was like cool I'm really glad you're into it I'll, I'll get two season tickets she's like oh no 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 I don't need to go to the game I just Miami. I only need one season ticket that's funny I'd be torn on that like I want you you know you can't be overexcited for that if you show two mix I'll be like oh wow yeah that's great I can go to the game by myself you go shop if you you show too much excitement there that could get you in the doghouse exactly takes a light touch very yeah. light. oh yeah you gotta finesse that one there you for go. sure it's like oh, all right you, don't you go said your one question ian you said your daughters go with you to the to the games does your wife ever want to have a have a game or just the daughters I think she she goes to at least one game per season my my wife and part of that is because I think she feels like she she has to go to at least one game because she feels like she's part of that but in some cases because it's so late at night like if we have a Sunday night game or a Monday night game she'll want to go because I can't bring my daughters and expect them to go to school if it's a Sunday night or Monday night game so that's usually it and every once in a while she'll say you know I don't want to go to this late game invite one of your friends like preseason games too are a little bit challenging for for the family so I'll just call up one of my friends and say hey you want to come and we go Nice. nice. Well, you're a good friend, man. Um, I, if you need any more new friends, let me know. You know, I can catch a, I'll catch a flight. I got a bunch a of them on there. Twitter now. There's a, there's a lot of them, a lot of friends mm-hmm. on there. Yeah, they come out of the woodwork on Twitter. I have a special <laughs> kinship with Ian because, so like, I always want to, so like Ian did a thing with when COVID broke out with washing your hands to the Miami Dolphins fight song. And I wanted to put that on videotape, but I was scared to get my, ask my wife to do it, but he did it first and he had his family do it washing their hands to that and then nf or espn and nfl network wanted your videos for their draft and i was scared to have 
my wife do it. But then I saw that his wife was doing it. So I was like, come on, honey. His wife is too. So I was always at scapegoat. So you used me first. So I understand that now. I mean, as long as I do it first, I'll see you doing it second. Is that exactly? That's okay. Always happen like that. I realized a long time ago, I'm going to end up making, making myself look like a fool, but you know what? I'm having fun while I'm doing it. So I really don't care what people think. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the way I go with it. And that was the whole thing too, with the whole ESPN. I read the thing and it said, send a video with these things. And I'm like, what? I'm going to look like a fool. I'm big, you know, and they want to ask questions. They want me to respond to things. And I was like, all right, we'll try it. And sure enough, they had it on one of the draft nights. I actually got a couple of tweets from people. Um, awesome. Although I was watching ESPN at the time, they were watching ABC and it came on on ABC, but it was cool to be on like that national audience. It was really neat. That's awesome. I, that's weird. Not that this is a big topic to get into it. That's weird. They, they had different broadcasts on ABC and ESPN. Yeah. For the draft night. It was oh, totally I didn't different broadcasts. Oh, I was watching ESPN. Yeah, I, I figured it'd be the same thing. Um, yeah, but ABC had a much more family orientated and more of those oh, videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the real uplifting stories that they kept using. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. very family uh, oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, hey, so Ian, thanks for joining us, man. It's great to get some background on you, man. Good stuff. Thank you. No, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, before we hop into some topics here, our boy Savak has brought us, uh, he did it the wrong way. I guess he brought us a welcome gift. Savak, yeah. I, you, what do you got going on here? You got a video to debut here with us? Indeed or? I do. So of course, you know, recently I put out a poll on Twitter asking, uh, well, a poll and then a video talking about a topic that's very near and dear to all of our hearts. I know it to be true, but I could tell you all about it, or I could just let Brian let me tell you all about it. Brian, our, would, would, you, would you be a, be a lamb? Absolutely. Yeah, here we go. Our first screen share. Oh, flawless. Dolphins jump. Nobody really knows why, but experts theorize that maybe they do it to help them navigate by allowing them to keep an eye on the shoreline. Maybe it's to spot potential food sources nearby. Maybe it's to keep track of the other members of their pod. Some have even guessed that maybe they just do it because it's fun. Whatever the reason is, one thing is for certain. It is the definitive dolphin move. It is so undeniably iconic that it's almost impossible not to identify a creature doing it as a dolphin. So back in 2013, Miami Dolphins brass decided it was time to shake things up. They wanted to rebrand the franchise with a new logo that would represent the changing tides within the organization after a decade of mediocrity. The goal? To instill hope by creating a new logo that symbolized the franchise's ascension back to the upper echelon of the NFL. And standing here in 2020, we can proudly say that although the transition isn't complete, the mission was accomplished. Hope was instilled. But now it's time to turn back to the future. My issue with the current logo is that to me, it feels like perpetual potential energy that never becomes kinetic. A charge that builds and builds and builds and never goes anywhere. I'm not saying revert back to the cartoon logo. I know some people can't stand that one. Keep the current design, just change its shape. The original goal was accomplished and it's time. The foundation has been laid and the future is upon us now. We're tired of swimming for the surface. We're ready to leap from the water once again. Paid for by the committee to change the logo to something cooler. Got a problem? Step to me, bitch. Do I ready for this? I'll beat that ass worse than the Miami Dolphins will be beating the rest of the AFC East for the next 10 to 20 years. The views expressed in this video do not necessarily represent the views held by anyone else under the Fanatics Network or FinManiacs.com. All rights reserved. 
Oh man, that, that is, disclosure was amazing. That is that, that, so. When when I first saw it, when Savak sent it to us, I was like, bro. Like at first, I thought this was like gonna be just a serious thing, like the tone of it. And then I progressively started laughing, laughing, laughing. And then that thing at the end, what I forgot what you just called it. I, I'm blanking on it, but I just lost it. I died. That is hilarious, man. I love that video. That is great. Mm-hmm. Where so I mean, obviously, let's touch on it real quick of what we think of the logo. First off, great job, Savak. Is there anything you want to add about it? Anything you want to say? I should give you the floor. It's your video, kid. No, I think I hit all the points in that video. It's, you know, that's just. I don't even know how, how else to break it down. You know, it actually took me a long time to get that fully, like to get it all articulated. Yeah. And it's, you know, of course it's always a challenge trying to fit it into like two minutes, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, two minute videos is the way to get across to the majority of the people in the world nowadays with the attention spans that we all have. So yeah, you did a Maybe great 30 seconds. I can't even do two minute videos. I know. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Uh, well, Ian, Ian what- had a funny story about it when he first started watching it. I thought what it was he- actually like a, a National Geographic video. <laughs> I stopped watching it after about 15 seconds. Um, and, then, and then Brian's like, did you see the video that S- Savak put out? And I was like, yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing. Because he's like, it's about the logo. I'm like, I had no idea. So I, <laughs> and I watched it again. But, I, I, you know, my, my opinion is, first of all, great video, Savak. Once you. I watched it, I liked how you put everything together and how you – I love the disclosure at the end. I was actually laughing out loud, you know. Um, I like the new logo, you know, and okay. for me, it represents change, you know, and, and I think what a lot of people do is they associate certain logos with certain time frames in mm-hmm. the franchise history. And yeah. I think when you, you know, especially the older individuals that were around for the 1972 perfect season, I think they prefer that logo because they just associate that with greatness, right? Mm-hmm. And for those individuals that were around in the 80s, they love that logo because they associate with Dan Marino. I think if we were to have a winning streak over the next couple of seasons, I think everybody's going to love this logo. If there's some way, and I will continue to pray for this, if there's some way that the Dolphins can get to the Super Bowl and they can win that Super Bowl, this, this logo is going to be bought by every single person. You will not hear very many people complain about it. That's my, that's my opinion. on it. Absolutely. It'll be our logo, the one that we associate with greatness and looking back on. So as always, I got to play fence sitting Jimmy. I, I like the new logo. I like the older colors better though. And I do like the older logo and what's the Vox said in the video. I don't I can't do it verbatim because there was too many big words and I'm not a doctor or a scientist. But the thing about uh, kinetic energy and just building to nothing, though, is what the new logo seems like. Like, it's, it's getting there, and we're on our way, and, but it kind of stalled out so much that I, maybe there could be a fresh start. I, I liked that take a lot on it, and that spoke to me. But I, I could go either way. I do. I like the older colors. Like, Brian's hat that he's wearing right now is the old-school logo, and the col- I, I like that old-school teal, aqua, and, and orange. I, I, I like it a lot. Brian, what, what do you got, bro? So I have a lot of thoughts on it. First of all, I think a lot. The, the, dis- the disclaimer is <laughs> that is I do want them to switch back to the old logo, but I think everyone should know as we build that energy, that can't happen until after the 2022 season. We changed our logo in 2018. Um, it was small, but it did count as a, as a uniform change. So we can't do it till after the 2022 season. And expect them to do that because what's happening in today's NFL is they have that rule that you can't majorly change over your uniforms for every five years. 
but every team takes advantage of that as we saw this past off season, like with five new teams, uh, logo or logo, like they all made like slight changes, but they all counted as uniform changes because it's mm -hmm. a huge, huge revenue stream to yeah. make everybody buy new jerseys, you know, like <laughs> yeah. um, it wouldn't have been smart for us to change in 2018 because they had just brought out the, the old school throwbacks yeah. and they hadn't even brought out the white ones yet. So like, they could sell four jerseys a year if they kept it how it is. I, on and my personal take on it, um, a lot like Ian said, you know, there's there's times, but like my time period is mostly to that cartoon dolphin that is just awful. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't feel that connection. Um, but I am starting to warm up to the the new logo a little bit. It really, in 2018, it did change a lot for me. We got rid of that navy blue and took out the dull color scheme. Um, so it is, it is looking a lot better. Uh, but I would definitely, you know, my way, if I got my choice, we go back to the 66 logo and the original, and then maybe we throw in like the late 80s uniform as our throwback, the, the Merino jersey from like how everyone pictures him in his prime. I think that would be a great thing to do in 2022, but unfortunately we can't do it till 2020. Well, it start in 2023. So from fence sitting Jimmy to conspiracy Jimmy, who everyone <laughs> hates, the maybe so the current logo it is it's kind of that's pre jump right that's the beginning yeah. of the jump we're on the rise baby that's See it on. we're bla symbolism we're blasting and, off and that's and, the point right there we're, we're ready though we're ready to break out now and, and become that version of ourselves again did you oh i'm sorry Ian. go ahead what do you got no i was just gonna say to brian's point actually the team may decide in 2023 to change change the uniforms up a lot specifically for the revenue generation yeah i mean look at how much money tua is bringing in yep. what was he the top three or four he, number two i believe yeah one and like the two. top two right the white oh, the one and two right yep. one and two imagine if he's doing well and they change the logos oh yeah. be number one and number two again you yep. know so i mean really if you're if you're a marketing person you're thinking we're looking forward to doing that in, in two or three years whenever that is yes sir. the only thing that beat that stopping that is Tua wins the super bowl in 2022 as he's definitely on route to do they would not be able to do a full changeover just having won the super bowl you can't change something that great so you know i could have it either way mm -hmm. okay <laughs> Well, let's let's win that Super Bowl first, and then we'll, we'll yeah, get there. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm all I'll be okay. That. I'll be quite well, fine. Let's not put the the wagon before the horse now. Yeah, you know, no one circles the wagons like the dolphins, though, as well. The old saying goes. Um. All right, uh, you gentlemen, we ready to hop into a couple topics here, or what? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm having fun. We haven't even hit a topic yet. A bullet yeah, right. point. Oh, see. So, by the way, just to touch on that, I my era too. When I came, I was with the cartoon. Yeah. So that was what I was used to, but I'm going to buy this gear no matter what's on it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's yeah. Just, that was all my yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm one question for you, Savak. Will you a lot of people that really don't like the new logo and spearheading the change that like you are with your video, they won't mm -hmm. buy anything with the new logo. And up until twenty eighteen, I was one of those people. I would not uh -huh. buy any of those. Will you buy any of the the memorabilia with the new stuff on it or just go the throwback? To be honest with you, I have some of it already, but only some of it was purchased by me. I think my current jersey and then everything else was gifts. You know, people just gave them to me. So it'll be a little bit of both. 
but you're not <laughs> so, you're not that staunch protester we have a we have a friend on twitter who is a a staunch new logo protester i do want to add one thing to that video you, there was a bit in there that there was a guy the, the crowd was full and he was wearing a Tannehill jersey and he was making a face and literally his face summed up the my entire time with ryan Tannehill absolutely perfectly just like <laughs> Is it good? Is it, is it, is it bad? I, I hope you can clip that for me, and I'm going to label that 2012 through 2009. <laughs> I'll make sure to get that for you. That's the Tannehill face. <laughs> that, that look on your face like you smelled some pee. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so let's, uh, let's get it going here. Let's get, let's get back on track. Let's hop into our first topic here, boys. So uh, words coming out that the NFL is going to try – to cut the preseason down to two games. They are going to drop the first week of preseason and the fourth week of preseason. Uh, I read a tweet from uh, Mike uh, Garofalo before the show. Um, the NFLPA has yet to sign off on this, though. Uh, union leadership seems to be questioning whether it's smart to play any preseason games at all. So they might do a Republican-Democrat bill thing and try to slide something in uh, you know, under the guise of something else and possibly – Get, you know, this no preseason games or at least cut down, that's been a talk for a long time. And now they have this great, you know, order out of chaos kind of move to get something, <laughs> get something going. Chaos um, is a ladder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it'd be a good time to uh, fit it in. What, uh, what are your guys' thoughts, Savak? Lead us off as the uh, new man to the squad. What's your thoughts on the two preseason games? Now, I know a lot of people don't particularly care for the preseason, but – I myself, I actually kind of like it. You know, I love watching them because it gives you a good idea of which teams actually have depth and which ones are going to be able to go the distance. So from that, I guess from that, from the fan standpoint, it doesn't matter too much. I feel bad for the coaches because that, those two games that are getting cut, those are their opportunities to get a good look at the bottom of the roster, the yeah. bottom half, those guys that you don't normally see. Yeah. Yeah. And those guys on the bottom of the roster that are on the cut line, like those, those preseason games are very important. Um, Ian, mm -hmm. what, uh, what do you think, man? What's your opinion on this? Well, there's a couple of things I think of automatically. Number one, I think that it's going to push back to his timeline a little bit. I felt that if there were four games in preseason and the offensive line had an opportunity to gel, then we may have seen two a, a little bit earlier. Oh. Um, but now, you know, now if they're only going to have two games and if they have no games, they are, I doubt, I highly doubt that they would put Tua in with a, a bunch of offensive linemen who haven't had a real yeah. game experience. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing to this is, and I mentioned it on a, on a tweet earlier today, I feel bad for the, um, for the undrafted free agents because that's really their time to show their skills, show their talents, not just to the Miami Dolphins, but to all the other teams in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So without these four games, and if they don't have two games, these guys are really going to be out of luck unless they can really showcase themselves in another different way. So I think you look at those, I don't miss preseason games. Like I'm meaning I go to every seat preseason game from the, and I'll be there from the start of the game to the end of the game for, for exactly what Savak said. It's, it's still football and it's still yeah. an opportunity to see what you got as a team. So that's really my opinion. And I think, I think it, it's probably going to hurt a lot, a lot of people versus help them. 
So I can't think of the specific NFL example from last year. There, somebody mentioned something, but I, there was a recent NBA one. And again, I can't remember the specific players' names, but just in overall, uh, there was a veteran player talking about like, hey, like we should just cancel the season. And then there was a mid-range bench player talking about like, hey, like we don't get paid what you get paid. Like we need to be out here and playing. And that's kind of what it reminds me of here. Like, a lot of these young guys are like, hey, we want all the time we can get, all the reps, not just about, like, their shot to make the team, but these dudes want to learn. This is their career, their job. Like, I understand, like, Aaron Rodgers been in the league forever. Like, hey, I don't need preseason. Like, well, that's great, man. Then maybe you need to be like, hey, I'm going to sit out, and that's on you. Whatever blowback, whatever happens, that's on you. But these young guys, like, this is the NFL, man. These guys are flying around. They're huge they're trying to kill people on the field. Like <laughs> you need reps um, and to get into shape. Uh, Brian, what do you, what do you got for us, man? So I'm like Ian, I watch every preseason game. I actually, last year I had to miss the fourth preseason game because I was a keynote speaker at some event and it was oh, literally the first, <laughs> it was the first preseason game I had missed in like seven years. So I do watch them all. I love them. I mean, I just want to see the shapes and colors. I want to hear that, you know, I just want to see football. So mm -hmm. that's huge. But I, I see where you guys are going with the players losing, but I think there's going to be some, some middle ground there because I think the practice squad is going to get more players this year. I think we're going to be able to carry more than, you know, even the 55 that they're going to expand it with. I think because of, because of the threat of COVID wiping out, you know, 10 to 15 players at a time. I think there's going to be more room on that. And I'm also kind of psyched about it because we have some guys, especially at wide receiver, that I don't want other teams to poach off our practice squad. Uh, Kirk Merrick is one of those guys that, you know, I, I would like that, that he gets the extra time of people not seeing him because I want to, I want to stash him on our practice squad until he's ready to take over at wide receiver. So selfishly, I kind of like that. But what I really see from this is, um, the NFL is planning for preseason football games. They're saying that that's going to happen, that that's probably going to be possible and only being, you know, we're only a month and a half away from the start of that. Uh, that's a really good sign. You know, like major league baseball is about to get started and NBA basketball is getting started. And there's people coming out and saying like NFL can't happen in a bubble. I actually like put on Twitter yesterday, like I'm starting to get afraid there's not going to be football, but saying that there will be two preseason preseason games is a really good sign that there will be, you know, there will be training camp, there will be season. Um, and I do like the fact that they cut out the first and the fourth. So after that last preseason game, the last contact, there's two weeks until the season starts. So that's about what they say. You need to be quarantined from everybody if it starts up. So you get two weeks quarantine. You could maybe only miss week one if you did get, you know, something during that last time. So I like the schedule. Um, like Jimmy said, it has to be approved by the by the Players Association. This was just the NFL saying this is what we see should happen. Um, but I, I see them probably going along with that. And, you know, you don't want them to week one to go out there and that will be their first exposure yeah, to like absolutely. people from other cities. So I think it, I think it's a good it's a good sign that like maybe in middle of August, we'll get back to some we'll normal some stuff, football. which would be really yeah. cool. And only hope. 
So I want to, I want to preface this by saying that Brian is a great speaker at the events that he speaks at, but I really liked the humble brag there of where you're like, Oh, I missed uh, week four preseason to be a keynote speaker. Like I'm going to start using humble, be like, Oh, I missed uh, week one of preseason for a penis reduction appointment that I had. Like, I'm going to, that's going to be my humble brag from now on. Um, anybody anybody else and brian is a great speaker also though just for the record uh anybody else got anything on preseason you guys want to keep it moving i i I think we're going towards a world of possibly no preseason games like they've talked about this so much and something brian said like isn't that weird like isn't that a weird world where the the first you know helmet to helmet crack these dudes could take is a regular season game like that just doesn't seem Mm -hmm. right i i wouldn't feel super comfortable if i was in the nfl like it went they re- they they cut down on hitting in practice and how often they can wear pads. This year, there's probably no inner team practices, squad matches, you know. So, I man, that would be weird. I don't know. A lot of these dudes like to get hit, and, and then they're in the game as soon as they get smacked. And that's so- the thing. You can only get so much from practice, even when it's full contact. The, the, only, the, the best way to get better at playing the game of football is to play the game of football. Exactly. Obligatory. We're talking about practice, man. Um, (laughs) You know, here's the thing, though, too, because you hear a lot. A lot of the reason why some of the veterans don't want to play is that they're they're afraid that they're going to get injured during a preseason game. Right. And we've seen a lot of really top notch players getting injured during preseason. But to Brian's point, if the first time you're hitting hard is game number one, what's the likelihood that you're not ready for? 100% football and you're going to get injured in one of those early games because you're just your body's not prepared for that so and you would see we would suffer a lot too because if you've noticed over the past few years that they've cut down against practices where there's actually hitting you know the first four weeks of the NFL don't look like weeks eight through 16 yeah so you know cutting that back seven it's gonna be it would be a little bit worse but I you know even bad football this year is going to be better than the best football we've ever had because we haven't seen anything competitive in so long Mm -hmm. so this is this has got this is going to be kind of rhetorical but in the same world where Christian McCaffrey sits out the Rose Bowl or whatever because he's going to the draft then you know why isn't there a world where there's two three four preseason games and you let these vets you know these 10-year guys plus whatever like sit out when you want to sit out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you're giving another guy reps, a young guy, like, cool. Like I, you know, if Rogers or Breeze came out and they're like, Hey, I'm sitting out all preseason. Like, not only do I trust those guys to do that, like I'd be fine with it. I have no problem with that. It's all about I think Rogers Benjamins. did that last year. True. <laughs> it's all about the money. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's all about the money. Cause you're not going to get guy. You're not going to get anyone, anyone going to preseason games. There are a very few no. number of people if they don't think, some of the stars are even going to play just one series. I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the NFL. And that's, that's a very good point. Then the contract. And I think that's part, part of the reason why. That's a very good point. All about the Benjis. Um, yeah. Anybody else on the preseason top here before we move on? Anybody else got anything Enough else? Enough with practice. All right. Yeah. Let's stop talking about practice, man. <laughs> so Cam Newton has signed with the NFL's version of the evil empire. SI.com reports. It is a one year about 1 million contracts. I'm not great with math and numbers. It's like 1.05, whatever that is, 1 million and 50,000, something like that. Um, a year with incentives up to just under 7 million. Um, I also saw the signing bonus was like $550,000. But Cam Newton is going to the New England Patriots. I know we are going to have some very interesting discussions 
on this one. Um, I'll hold my opinion right now and just throw it in whenever uh, it's unnecessary. Um, oh, gee, oh, Ian. <laughs> oh, wait, I, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me fix that. I know for those of you that are listening, I just wrote Jared Stidham is the best. And I'm just going to write, I'm going to change that to so, Cam Newton is now the best. <laughs> Because that was kind of what we were hearing from all the Patriots fans. <laughs> so, if I remember correctly. thank you for bringing that up. This is insane. This is one thing I will throw in right now. I saw so many Patriots fans go from dogging Cam Newton. They didn't want him three months ago. Two uh, years ago, they're dogging him. And now, oh man, no, I don't know. He's fixed. He's back, baby. Superman. I can't wait till he's opening up the jersey. Oh, forget about it. Or what? I don't know. That might be Italian, but. I can't do the Boston thing, but I won't, I won't even try. Um, now they are all about it. And I get it. I get it. I, you know, I understand they come to your team. Now you love them, but, but that's fine. You want to have blind optimism and blind like fandom. That's cool. But can we be realistic about where he's at in his career? Like Seriously. maybe it's not going to work out just because everything for the past 20 years has worked out for you guys. Does it? But I, I'm ranting now. I thought I wouldn't do this. I will let Ian. You want to kick us off, man? As our, yeah. our guest, what do you I, think I, about Cam Newton to New England? I, I have a lot of question marks. I really do. And you know, I think, and I keep saying this, the fans in New England have been spoiled the last 20 years. If you're 25 years old, think of this for a second. If you're 25 years old, you don't know anything different except for a Super Bowl winning football team. So I think a lot of people have that mindset that it doesn't matter what they get on the field, they're going to be a winning football team. Yep. And you know what? I think we did that for a long time after Dan Marino left. And I think we had very high expectations as a fan base. But Cam Newton, as you mentioned, he is not the same Cam Newton as he was before. His last great season was in 2015. Um, he is injured. He does not finish seasons as he has in the past out of nine seasons in the NFL. He has only stayed, he's only been able to play 16 games in five of those seasons. Um, out of in the other four seasons, he was in uh, 14 games in three of them and two games in the, in the last season in 2019. So I, I think I'm glad that they're high on, on, on him as a fan. If he was on my team, I'd probably be high on him as well, just because that's what uh -huh. fans do. But I think, I don't think it's going to be uh, what they expect. And, and I am so happy, and you'll never hear me say this again. I'm so happy that the Dolphins play the Patriots week one. That's all I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the consensus I've seen is that the rest of the AFC East is kind of happy about them taking Newton. I mean, Stidham would have been great for us too. Um, mm -hmm. I know uh, Brian and Savak got some stats, so I'm not going to hop into what, what I wrote down. But I do want to mention, because I've said it now for two years, it's super noticeable. His arm is not the same since the uh, rotator cuff surgery. It's just not the same. He was never deadly accurate in the first place, but the dude, I'll give him credit, he had a cannon. That dude could fit it into windows that 99% of quarterbacks couldn't do. But since his 2017 rotator cuff surgery, the arm has looked dead. It just doesn't look the same. He also looks like he's playing a little timid, like he's afraid to get hurt now. Um, I, yeah, I'm just, and he doesn't mesh with that culture there. I don't know. I put a joke out, or not even a joke, I put a tweet out um, talking about, I don't think he'll even finish the season with New England. I mean, I, it's more likely, you know, he finished the season on the bench. I don't think he plays 16 games for whatever reason you want to pick. Injuries, not playing well. Um, 
but I could see a world where they just cut, cut bait with him because he just doesn't mesh here. Can you imagine him going to a press conference? You went from Brady, who will take the brunt of everything, and then when they win, he'll pass it on to the rest of the team. Brady never won those games in Brady's mind. It was the team. Can you imagine them losing by 40 and Newton coming in? He just starts dogging everybody in the press conference. Like, that's going to go over in horrible. a blouse. Yeah, yes, in a headscarf, a blouse. It's just dressed as some a colonial the, patriot. That's yes, yes. The memes have been fantastic Amazing. so far. This is one of the best meme worthy times. If you're into meme stocks, buy on Cam Newton right now. The stocks are high. Um, Brian, what what do you got for us here on Cam Newton? I know you you so uh, you love this topic here. Before I get into my opinion, I I got to be a bit of a contrarian. Um, he's he's better than Jared Stidham. Right. I was really, sure. really, really excited week one to go against Jared Stidham in his first ever start with Xavier and Howard not being suspended. Byron Jones on the other side. I was literally I already last week when we talked about that, I went and I put sixty dollars on the Dolphins uh, with plus two forty against that because it was just a, it was a crazy line to have Jared Stidham do that. And I could literally I would have seen him getting three to four interceptions that game. Um, that would have been a hard, hard, tough game. So this Brian, team is can I, better. Can I ask you something real quick? I'm sorry to put you on the spot. I know you look often. Has the uh, this has the spread changed at all? Have they for week one? Have they get added a point? Because that would be great if you can get Miami at plus seven or seven so and a half. So far, now. week one it hasn't. It was already really high, and I, that's a dichotomy I wanted to talk about with all of this. It's not just Boston fans that have this weird like. It was literally last week on every talk radio show across the nation, and I'm talking national media because nobody knew where he was going, that they were saying Cam Newton's washed up. Cam Newton isn't signed because of any other reason besides he's, he's injured, he, he, he's not the same player he was. But then he signs on Monday or Sunday night, and all of a sudden he's in the MVP race. And, um, and literally it, it went – he – had no team to now he's top 10 in the MVP race, according to Vegas. He's also tied with Ben Roethlisberger for the highest odds in Vegas to win comeback player of the year. But then the dichotomy of that is the reality is Vegas only moved their over under by 0.5 games. So they're not expecting that much different. I think a lot of that has to do with it was too high for Jared Stidham. And there was that like belief that like Bill checks, not doing this, like, we know yeah. him better than that, that he's not putting Stidham out there. There's, there will be a move made. Um, but yeah, yeah they couldn't, they lot. couldn't put it at six and a half games, you yeah. know, cause everybody would have been out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and a good, so that's a good point, bro. But the other thing about Cam Newton is he, he's just not the same player and there's a real false stat. So like first stat about Cam Newton, he's Owen eight in his last eight starts. Uh, the second stat about Cam Newton, that's big to me. Um, since 2015, he's a 500 quarterback uh, since his MVP year. Um, the other thing, so everybody looks at 2018 as like this big change because he's not an accurate quarterback. And that's really important talking about him going to New England because that, that offense is built on accurate short passing game, reading the defense pre-snap, hitting Edelman three yards and letting him go. Edelman doesn't have the speed to make up for a non perfect passes you know and that's their their only receiver right now but they, they everybody looks at 2018 at you know what maybe cam can be that accurate guy he's a career 59.6 completion percentage but in 2018 his last season started he had a 67 percent completion percentage um and everyone says like you know because norv turner put him in a short passing game and 
And it was because he finally got his shoulder fixed and he healed from the car accident. That had nothing to do with it. If you look at the stats, it's because of Christian McCaffrey that he had Absolutely. a 67% completion percentage. Um, McCaffrey that season had 124 targets. He caught 107 of them. That is insane, insane for anybody. And yeah, those are like two yards or less, and he runs for 50 or yeah. 60, so, right? Yeah. That's how that So that season, his receiving yards were 865. There's like 68 receiving yards. 855 of them were after the catch. Um, but the other – like to put that in perspective of how good Christian McCaffrey made Cam look that year, um, White, who is be his running back this year in New England, he had the exact same amount of targets from Tom Brady, one of the most accurate passers of all time. He only caught 87 of them. So that's the difference of, of what Christian McCaffrey added to that, 20 percentage points. Like it's, it's absolutely insane. But besides that, I mean, we're looking – besides that one year – you know, we're looking at quarterback ratings the past five years of like, um, I have it here. I can't find it real quick, but it's like 70, 82, yeah, 78. The one good year was that Christian McCaffrey's first season as a full-time starter. Um, he got back up to 96, but yeah. oh, here it is. It's 75, 80, 94, and then 71. Um, he's just not the same guy. So yeah. I, I still think they're better. He's a veteran. He, it's a well-coached team. Josh McDaniels is going to utilize him, um, you know, how he should be utilized. Um, I'm not scared, though. I don't think this is the the second coming of the evil empire. This isn't the new, the last set of, of uh, the trilogy of Star Wars where the, <laughs> where the emperor came back to life through cloning. You know, they're still on the downfall. They're going to be a little bit better. I'm not as confident as my $60 bet that I made on week one as I was last week. Oh, I would I would be. I, I Yeah, I still would be. But, Especially, bro, he's got to knock some rust off too. Like, it, it, yep. could, it could be okay midseason, but I, I'd still hang on that one. The, the one thing I did hear about, um, so he had Liz Frank surgery last year on his foot, and the recovery time for that for 100% is 12 months. So he had that surgery after week three of last season. Um, so that's, you know, especially with a short, so he, he might he not even be ready for week one. No, I, I, I would be surprised unless he's clear and, you know, so far head and shoulders over Stidham. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they, they bring Stidham out for one or two games, let him well, struggle. He, he's Superman, bro. Him. Let him he's Superman. He'll, he'll be in. So I, I, I did some averages on just a couple stats. I wanted to throw out his completion percentage in his career, 59.3. Even his MVP season's 59.8. He averages 18 touchdown passes a year and 232 yards. Um, in his MVP season, he threw 10 picks. Every other year, it's 13, 14, 15 range, 10 fumbles in 2012, 12 in 2014. And the guy takes some sacks. You know, he's not he's not the runner he once was, especially after the injuries now. Um so I, I, real quick before we get to Savak, I, I love Bill Simmons. He's probably my favorite guy in the sports world. I listen to him constantly. Um, but I, can, I consider him a mouthpiece like he speaks for Boston sports. Five months ago, he was screaming about New England not giving Brady weapons. And now, just on Monday, him and Ryan Rosillo, he's talking about how dangerous this receiving core and these weapons can be. Oh, Harry, bro, he hated the Sanu trade. He could not stand the Sanu trade. Now he's, I swear to God, you just said the other day, oh, we got Sanu for a second rounder. Great deal. Like, oh, yeah, Sanu, you know, he's a difference maker. Now, all of a sudden, Harry, Sanu, and aging Edelman, like, now these weapons are great. I, 
man, it's upside down world out there in New England. And you know what it is? It's something Ian mentioned. They're just so spoiled. They're so, their head is just so messed up now. They're just so used to winning. They can't experience, like, they can't even fathom a world outside of being the best in the AFC. Um, <laughs> Sabak, what's up, dude? Where are you at? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of, I saw some of the reactions on Twitter. You had some Dolphins fans seemingly shaking in their shoes. And I'm like, dude, relax. Okay. Cause look, and let me preface this by, I was a suit. I'm a super cam fan. He was on my, on my uh, fantasy roster during his MVP campaign. So big fan, but he's not that guy anymore. He doesn't, the only reason he was able to get away with not being all that accurate was because he had the cannon and he doesn't really have that anymore. And when you, this is the first time in his football career, he's going into an offense that's not going to be tailor-made for him. He's joining a system that's already in progress. They're going to tweak it for him, but it's already in progress. And now he has to adjust to that. So you, when you factor in, he's now perpetually injured. He's coming off of injuries. He's going into a brand new system. You factor in the pandemic and all that shit going on. We don't have to worry about him. He's not going to be that big a deal. He's going to be better than Jarrett Stidham, but that's mostly based on the fact that he's a veteran. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a couple of things that I think are really important about the system that he's walking into. Uh, that offensive line, people say, oh, he's walking into a much better offensive line than he had in Carolina. He's not. That mm-hmm. offensive line, it was was propped up for years by Tom Brady's very quick reads and very quick passing game. And, you know, like the threat of running too gave him finally gave him enough time to let it go deep here and there, but that's never been his game. Um no. So that, that line is going to be exposed with with Cam not having the ability for those quick reads and those accurate throws. The other thing that I that I think is really important is so he's a career fifty-nine completion percentage guy. Tom Brady last year with this offense threw for his third worst completion percentage in his NFL career with sixty percent. Is wow. So if Tom Brady can throw to this, and the only difference is two rookie tight ends. There's no yeah. other different wide receiver. And we should point out, Cam Newton has only had a completion percentage of 60% or above three times in his career. <laughs> yeah. Three times. <laughs> yeah, his so, best year was 59%. Ian, what you got something to say, Ian? I was just going to say, I think the, and we talked about some of the negatives and I just want to talk a moment about the positive with, with Cam. Absolutely. Yeah. His, his level of enthusiasm that he's bringing to that team, to that huddle, to that football, you know, to that offense is going to be amazing. You know, you saw him with Carolina, you saw, and I think he was also the one that started giving out the footballs to the fans and taking those fines because he didn't mind paying the fines to it, but you know, he brings that certain element similar to how Ryan Fitzpatrick has brought that veteran leadership to the dolphins. He, I don't know about the leadership, but I know the enthusiasm and the excitement about it. And I know that that helps a locker room, especially where they're transitioning right now. So I would say that's probably one of the benefits and and you've got, you know, he's, he's still a good, he's, he's a decent quarterback, but I guess time will only tell. I mean, we, we could be sitting here talking about this now and then he could kill the dolphins, which I hope doesn't happen. Um, But you know, that could happen, right? Maybe, maybe he comes out and has an amazing season that we just didn't see coming and uh, 
you know, Bill Belichick would definitely win coach of the year if that's the case, if he's able to do something with Cam. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't see that happening. And I don't think any of us, I think we all agree that we don't see that happening. Yes, yeah, so, I agree with so Ian, though, that I think, I think that, like, if this was a video game, everyone in his locker room just got, like, a plus five on stamina. Because, <laughs> I mean, he's a former MVP. They were looking at Jared Sidham. They all practiced with Jared Sidham last year, and they were not excited. There was mm-hmm. not rave reviews coming out of New England. So, at least the vets in the locker room, I'm sure, like, you've seen Edelman on Twitter. He is going nuts. Like, we have a yeah. real quarterback. So, just the confidence of the other players that's going to help out the Patriots. Yeah. Yeah, so Ian, you made a good distinction in terms of like you stopped short of leadership, but the enthusiasm and the energy he brings because I, I, you know, I'm I'm pretty outspoken about not liking him as a quarterback, but he's a good dude, the charitable dude, the giving the footballs out. He's Charlotte loved him. I get that, and yeah, the enthusiasm he brings, the you know, the dude is gonna go out there and try to prove something in a new place, and something has to be said to that because we've seen it done a billion times in this league a guy with something to prove a chip on his shoulder going someplace new. So he could sneak up and do something for sure. I, the, I would bet towards the likelihood of that not happening, but at week eight and we're sitting here talking about it. I won't be surprised if he's having a, you know, above average season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't make the team. If this competition is close, they, I don't see them bringing him into the roster. If Stidham is that close to him, I don't see him. Yeah, that's surprising. Man, you, you've spoken so man. highly of him so far. I'm surprised <laughs> that you. Uh, I don't see. I don't we're, see. We're trying to throw a in world. a little bit. We're not trying to just to dump on the dude. He starts sending shots at the fanatics on Twitter, bro. We don't want that kind of problem, man. Come on, dude. I don't really see that happening, but it wouldn't surprise me if Stidham Say, is a little bit more advanced and he does struggle to be healthy. Um, you know, it could be. I mean, we they they get that benefit of the doubt every time, but really, if we look at the the Patriots reclamation projects over the past few years, they haven't gone very well. No. How how did Antonio Brown do? How did Josh Gordon do? You know, there's a lot of guys that came to New England and every, the national media was like, Oh, this is going to be the savior. He's going to the hall of fame. And we never really saw him even suit up. So mm-hmm. I don't know if Josh yeah, I would say it's a 10% talk, chance. But I, agree with, I, I agree with you. Brian, yeah. before we move on, say one nice thing about Cam Newton right now. I, everyone I else just said, did. I say, said that he, he gave he, everybody he a said plus he's probably five. not the savior or something. That, yeah, that was real <laughs> he gave nice. Him a yeah. Plus five in if, stamina. If we lived in a video game. Yeah, no, say he's got a nice smile too. The guy's got a really nice smile. Just like <laughs> Savak, who's that? got a nice smile. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, thank you. What I do have one question. One question. Supposing Cam Newton comes in and does well, who gets the credit for that? Me, Bill Belichick. <laughs> Absolutely, because sure. me and Ian, because we're the only ones who said anything pleasant about the man. I, I that's said that's called stuff. that's called covering your. No, you're right. Butt. Spock, you're you're covering your ass CYA. just in case. CYA. Uh, right. But it will be because this season's Brian, about quickly, Belichick yeah, versus think? Brady, right? This is about who built the empire, Belichick exactly. Brady. If if Cam Newton has an MVP year, people are you're going to hear some bad things it's about Belichick. Yeah, Ian, but wh- there's a, you- there's some great bets in Vegas right now about who's going to do better. The over under on passing touchdowns between Brady and Newton. The over under for who's going to win more games, Tampa Bay and New England. So that that will be a fun storyline to watch for the year. Ian, who do you think who gets the credit real quick uh, if he Belichick, performs well? Belichick, and I'm going to make a prediction if, if he does bad and they have a bad season. I don't know how much longer Belichick's going to stay around. Oh, wow. Okay. I think Cam takes all the credit himself if he has a yes. good season, but I, I agree with the, uh, the Belichick. Savak, what, what do you think? You dropped the question. What do you think quickly? 
Uh, I think that the credit will have would have to go to Belichick. I think that if he does bad, though, it, I believe a lot of it's going to fall on Cam, even if it's not particularly his fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tom Brady didn't do that too much with them last year. So, <laughs> um, I mean, it, the credit would go to Belichick, but Cam Newton will get paid. He'll go from seven million dollars a year to back up to fifteen or twenty million next year. So, yeah, I'm sure he'll let he'll let Belichick get the credit as, as he's on his way to the Bank of America. All right, so <laughs> so moving on. I I swear we're a Miami Dolphins show, but our next topic here is. Uh, again, New England Patriots. I apologize for that, but hey, it's the AFC East. It's hot in the streets right now. We got to talk about it. Uh, the New England Patriots got caught cheating again. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Stop yeah. me if you've heard this one before. NBC Boston reports that uh, they'll be fined $1.1 million and they will lose their 2021 third round draft pick for filming the Cincinnati Bengals sideline. And quickly before I kick it to one of you guys, I jokingly, but I, I kind of believe this. I jokingly tweeted that the Pats signed Newton to bury this news, but I genuinely believe that the Newton news was released at this same time to kick this one to the back burner a little bit. I, Brian's vehemently nodding his head. Brian, what do you think about this cheating situation here and the punishment? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Adam Schefter reported the two stories within eight minutes of each yes. other. They it's held, very convenient. They, I definitely think – I don't think they signed Kim Newton only because they got no, this No, that was a but joke. They but couldn't yeah. control when the NFL was going to let that go. They could control when they told the NFL that they signed Kim Newton. They sat and, on it, right? It seems like they yeah, sat on I, it. I think they did. And, and <laughs> dude, I, I can't wait to see what they do when um, – when Craftgate comes out and some fines get get leveled for the happy the happy bro, but it, I mean, is it my- is it the NFL's business who tugs you off and where they do it? I don't understand. I don't see the I don't see the relevance he here. Right, he is shaking his head. Florida. Yeah, yeah well, course. there is a lot of tug and rubs down there. And I notice I don't say rub and tug. I'm a tug and rub guy because I want to get tugged first, so I'm relaxed and then rubbed. So, but anyways. This is a family uh, show, Jimmy. Enough about my uh, enough about my Friday nights, uh, Brian. Get back on topic, Brian. Taking us off topic there, as always. Yeah, I, I, uh, I I'm a little I'm a little mad about about the punishment. Right, you don't get your second punishment for the same crime. It's not lesser time than the first crime. Right, they've already had a Spygate issue, and they got they they cost them more money this time but a lesser third round pick. I think that no matter what, I don't, I honestly don't think the Patriots were filming the Bengals sideline to cheat, but it doesn't matter what I think happened. The optics of it, they were cheating. And this is the second time they've done it. It should have been worse than the first time. Um, You know, I think the NFL NFL might have that same loop there with the Cam Newton news. Like I'm glad they signed Cam Newton because people aren't going to be hard on us on, the lack of punishment because a third round pick, I mean, they're oh. going to get two more third round picks because of Kyle Van Noy and yeah. uh, 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 Jamie Collins going to Detroit. So that's a good they, angle. They, I didn't think about that, Brian. That's a very good angle. So, yeah, I think it's too light of a punishment for this, you know, the second, the second offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They get no, like I just said, they get no buffer room, no benefit of the doubt, the way that it worked. It, it's happened before. Like you can't, cause I don't think they're filming them either. What, why do they need to film the Cincinnati Bengals? They Thank didn't have you. their, they have Burrow now, but I don't even who I, they, they didn't need yeah. to. 
There was See, no that, reason that was, to. That was going to be my question, too, is I, I hope they weren't actually trying to cheat to beat the Bengals. Did, did you really need that? <laughs> no. The no, Bengals no you're doing it every week. Year. If they had, they had that film crew out every week filming, right, there's not an order coming directly from Belichick to the filming crew of like, hey, guys, I know we've been cheating for every other team, but this week we're playing the lowly Bengals. Don't do it this week. If they, if that's the culture, and that's what they, and oh yeah, that's the culture. Yeah, this if is, they were doing the it third time if, in yeah. twenty years. Yeah, and if they were doing it with the Bengals, they that the Bengals weren't the only team that they filmed last year. They just There's got no, caught. That's the only team. They Bengals got had a good with. security department. <laughs> oh, hey, good on good on the Bengals protecting uh, their players. That great franchise, that storied franchise, protecting their. <laughs> they got to protect that game film, baby. Uh, Ian, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I was just, just going to say. I mean, they knew what they were doing was wrong. If you heard the audio right after they released it, you know, the, the, the Patriots video crew, they knew exactly what they were doing oh, yeah. and they knew exactly the fact that they were doing it wrong. And like you said, though, I don't think that, I don't think Cincinnati had won a game at that point or they had only won one game at that point. So it really didn't make a difference, but you know, it's one of those things when it's only cheating when you get caught, mm-hmm. right? It's not cheating if they don't know that you've done it. So the question now becomes, how often have they done this in the past and they've gotten away with it? And unfortunately, my opinion is this is absolutely a slap in the wrist. This is, this is a nothing burger for a, a penalty. But, you know, with the Patriots, it's almost like, oh, we're going to try and take a first rounder from you. We're going to charge you millions of dollars. And it still doesn't matter to the Patriots. So it's still, they're still going to do well because that's what they've done in the past. Brady was uh, with the flake gate, right? He was suspended for four games and they still went on to the Super Bowl that year. Um, so, but that's just the way the Patriots rule. And, and I think, you know, who do, who's responsible for that? Well, yeah, Belichick may not have given the orders, but he's still the leader of that organization. So everything goes and points to him and all the cheating that has happened while he's been the coach, he's been the coach. So he is ultimately responsible for all the cheating with that organization. Is there any possibility that, you know, you know, when you're a kid, you're going to punish your kid and they're like, oh, here, you know what you should do? You should take away this toy I don't use anymore for two weeks. And you're like, yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm taking away this toy. Any chance that Kraft was like, oh, Goodell, like here, you know, you should probably find us a mill house and take away one of our three third rounders or whatever they got. Any chance Goodell is, you know, Kraft's in his ear like that? I, I could see that. I could see, see that too. I could totally see that see being. Goodell gets punked by these high-end owners, Kraft, uh, Jerry it's not Jones. Punk. Those, that's his boss. I mean, oh, right? for sure, one they're of, they're all his bosses. The most absolutely, um, bosses or owners there is for sure. But those vocal, long-time high-end dudes, they got a ton of pull. They got more pull than whoever owns the Bengals. I know the name; it's leaving me. But also, <laughs> wasn't it wasn't it interns? Didn't the dudes claim they were interns that got caught filming? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe they do film every team, even if they're crappy, but they sent like their C squad, like their, uh, <laughs> their Tuesday uh, buffet at the strip club lineup. Yeah. Um, like they didn't send the top guys. Like, Just they because it's the- past 830, Jimmy, doesn't mean we're a rated R show. <laughs> Don't let the time fool you of the recording. We're, we're, we're tugging still and PG after 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> I didn't even know we were PG. I apologize. Well, in post, you can cut all of my stuff if you want. I apologize. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, I thought we got that NC-17 label, and I was running with it. Um, I was about. We're on, se- we're on double secret probation at iTunes. Still. You're, I, you're right. I knew it. I was about to drop sausage too, so there's a good thing you said something. So I'll, I'll stop short of that. Um, I, I, it's funny. Just the thought went in my head, and I just started getting this vision 
of uh, Kraft, Colin Goodell. Hey, Raj, I know what you, I know what you want to do, but why don't you, you give us a one mil and a third rounder? What do you think about that? Yeah, I'll talk Raj. to the other guys. They'll be good with that. Why don't we, Raj, right? Raj or RG, yeah. you know, he's yeah. got his nickname for him. <laughs> his friends call him that. Yeah, you, you probably know him, <laughs> Mr. RG. Goodell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's I think they were the... cashing in on the deflate gate stuff. They were like, dude, you took four games. You took a first rounder. We just gave that to you. It was pretty harsh. It wasn't that big of a deal. Maybe we even it out here. Maybe what do you say? <laughs> a little, uh, yeah. Make up. <laughs> we won't do it ever again. I promise. Yeah. So yeah. Like, where are you in on this cheating scandal? Oh, goodness. I wish if this was the first time we were hearing about this, you know, but I think I agree with you guys that, it does. It feels like it's a part of the culture, you know, because if you guys remember when Josh McDaniels had that brief stint as the head coach in Denver, a small scandal of that same kind of that same type came out of there with ownerships expressing their uh, what's a good word for it. I don't know. Disgust seemed to seem like a bit much, but you discontent. know, uh, there we go. They're discontent over those kind of practices, and that was something that Josh brought with him from New England. So it's not really at all surprising to find out that that was going on. I do think it's a little ridiculous that they literally got a slap on the wrist, if that, more like a pat on the ass on the way out. Like, hey, you know what? You guys are all right. You'll be fine. Uh, we'll, no, no harm, no foul. You got any news to release? You're signing somebody? Perfect. Let's launch that too. Because, you know, Information doesn't just leak out of New England unless yeah. they want it to come out. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like the Soviet Union. You don't hear news <laughs> coming out of Russia unless they – Savak, what, what, what do you think – I mean, don't, isn't there film on every team anyway? I got film. I can get you film on the Bengals if you want <laughs> film. I pay $5 a month for an NFL thing that will get you all the X's and O's you want. What, what is going on here? What's the extra filming, especially during a game? I understand the practice stuff. I, I get that. But what's up with the filming during – I mean, well, they were also filming the sideline, right? So yeah, maybe they were it. getting it like, okay, okay. They were looking looking for signals would be the yeah. – uh, what I would imagine. Yeah. You know? and, yeah but the that all 22 was, film will give them everything on the field, but you can't get what the coaches are yeah. doing, how they're film, they're doing their sub packages, how, Bingo. What, what signals are going to the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even signals right anymore in there. It's lip syncing, right? Like it's reading yeah. lips because yeah. they have the headsets and stuff. So they exactly. their I wonder if teams, it. yeah, teams now going up against New England, I wonder if they're extra super, you know, careful or whatever, you know, Are they can maybe a whole new system for New England. They come out with the big college signs with like IHOP and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Brett Michaels You ever watch Better it? Call Saul? love that show they're like the brother that just they put the whole house in tin foil yeah. and wrap themselves in tin <laughs> yeah. foil before yeah. they play the patriots that was season one man i'm on, on season five already that was yeah funny. i yeah I, I don't have a great memory i remember that yeah I, i'm glad you didn't go too i think that's what the oakland raiders memory. did with their new stadium is they built the whole thing out of tin foil so <laughs> the patriots won't have that yeah advantage. it's and the you'd giant have to imagine. Uh, faraday cage Exactly. And you'd have to imagine they'd want to do something because I feel like every single time somebody's playing the Patriots, the headsets have technical difficulties. <laughs> I never get tired yeah, of seeing right. that. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Quarterback standing in the middle of the field. Yeah. And you look, <laughs> you look over at Belichick and he's given the Dr. Evil, like he's just look, standing there like, why is Belichick got his pinky on the corner of his mouth? Oh, gosh, no. I don't know, man. We missed so many signs. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> anybody anybody else got anything else on this i mean yeah it seems like a slap on the wrist it's crap and i, I there's no part i'll never not believe that they held on to the newton news to bury this because i don't really see any talk about it everything is obviously newton obviously that's the big news but mm. man and they have no more like they didn't have any buffer room any leeway before but now like come on this is the fifth time you've been caught cheating like come on um, anybody else got anything for us here on the cheating Patriots as we're going to have to call them now for sure. I mean, we've been talking about already. it for 20 years. I think yeah. it's, I think we've talked about it. Yeah. Death. Talked it to, talked it to <laughs> death. We're going to um, reuse the memes that we used seven years ago. It's perfect. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Seriously. You don't even have to make any new ones. Uh, before we get out of here, Ian, what is your, uh, what's your outlook on the season, man? What's the best guess you can give us? I honestly feel very optimistic. I think if we went last year with having five wins with that team that we had, then this season with all these rookies, all these, you know, good free agents, really talented guys, I think uh, eight games is the minimum for me for wins for this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, because you're picking up three games with all this these new additions that you have. Um, and, and I'm going to say that either – either it be with Tua or Fitzpatrick because he has proven to be able to win games in that locker room. They love Fitzpatrick. So um, I, I say eight, eight and eight at minimum. Um, I would be singing and probably crying if there's any way that we make it to the playoffs this season. Um, and I don't know it. what I'll do if we get higher than that. <laughs> you better, uh, you better be careful not mentioning Rosen. Uh, and going back on Twitter, you, you mentioned Fitzpatrick and Tua possibility. Careful on Twitter with the Rose and stuff. I get yelled uh, at that. I know. I know. Very, very, very quickly, Ian, I hate to put you on the spot. Uh, who was your favorite draft pick? Well, Tua probably. But who was your favorite free agent? Your free, no, favorite he was not pick? a Tua guy. Oh, uh, okay. So I, yeah, and, and I wouldn't say it was not a Tua guy. I would preferred someone else because of the injury challenges. Yeah. But now that he's our guy, I'm like number – I'm not a number one fan, but I'm a huge fan of his. Um, I like Ignabogany. Ignabogany. Oh, and he said the name right. Right. Yeah. Props yeah. for that. Studying. Points yeah. awarded. Can you say it one more time so I can study it? I'm still trying to get it. Ignabogany. Months yeah, later. Ten times. Ignabogany. Yep. And uh, I like him because, first of all, I love his pedigree. You know, his parents were, were both oh, yeah. Olympic runners. Kids um, of blue blood. I, I love awesome. the leadership that he brings to the team. I love his speed, his size. You know, he's, he's lanky. He's got the long arms. Um, I just think he's one of those kids that he's going to make a difference. And, you know, our defense needed a lot of help and it got better as the season went on, but we just picked up a slew of great guys for our defense. So I'm, I'm really encouraged about what, what this year is going to look like. And gosh, I hope we have a season, man. That's yeah, like for real. Thing. For real, uh, sacrifice something to the football gods—a chicken or I don't know—a chicken every night. I'll do jersey it, man. behind you, I don't care. yeah, <laughs> something. Um, and Ian, well, I'm sorry again. Before we uh, before we close out here, where do we find you? Twitter? What? Drop some more stuff for us, or drop what? One more time. Uh, so you'll find me Ian six nine three, also known as Big E on Twitter. Also, Big if you e. want to find yeah, if you want to find any of my articles and all any of my prior articles, you can go to www dolphinstalk.com that's where i hang my hat um and really those are the main places i have facebook but that's more for my my family stuff and then you'll find yeah, me find me scattered around in podcasts until I, i'm i'm on for a normal and my two-minute drill every wednesday night 
two-minute drill is what the, I'm putting out right the now. The two-minute drills are great. I've been loving them. So every Wednesday, check a two-minute drill out on Twitter from Ian. Ian, thank you so much for joining us, man. It was great to have you. While you're floating around on podcasts, man, come on over to the Fanatics and join us again during the season. Hopefully, like you said, hopefully our season – um brian i'm sorry are you leaning in to say something before we close or was that no, a, just no? thank you very much ian for joining us it was it was great to have you we've spoken so much on twitter uh, this is the first time we've actually i think physically spoken so this was cool <laughs> i i'm so happy to be here for this moment of you two getting to speak face to face for the first time this i feel like go i want to as... hug you on the zoom <laughs> but i know that's not possible <laughs> this will be one of my top five million memories of my life at least definitely top five mil at least maybe I, four i'm literally half. always like my wife is like really another to a jersey i'm like look at ian <laughs> so okay. you, mentioned, you mentioned a kinship earlier but that's like your third scapegoat thing i think this yeah. is more of like a oh you trying to find reasons it. for your wife 100%. to do things yeah, yeah. 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 Catching that. well look at ian look yeah. at his wife <laughs> i'm not letting her hear this podcast because i don't no. she can't have my excuse <laughs> well ian's wife let him eat ice cream for breakfast um <laughs> And that's the that's the PG version. I was gonna go a different route, and I caught myself. Oh, thank so, you. So yes, proud. I'll never mention someone's wife. First off, even so, if we were, I'll never mention someone's wife in a weird way, especially my so Bach, I just want to say too, welcome. This was your first full episode as as a full member of the Fanatics Network. It was awesome to have you. Hell you brought yeah. a lot of new and exciting stuff to the the network. That video was was quite fun. So thank you for that. Hell well, yeah. he's still he's still pledging. He's got to get the tattoo still, <laughs> the uh, the brand that we have, the Fanatics uh, brand thing. So we'll get you that. Uh, we'll mail it over to you. You got to do it yourself, obviously. Totally I could fly noted. down. Could fly yeah. down, maybe. Um, Absolutely. Well, awesome. Hey, it was great talking to everyone. We guys, we had a great show. Good stuff. As always, thank you very much for joining us over here at the Fanatics. And again, if you haven't already, scoot over to YouTube right now. Do it right now. You're listening. You're on your phone. You're on your computer. Go to YouTube. Subscribe. Fanatics Network. Go on to Twitter. Follow us at Fin underscore Addicts. Check out the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you want it, how you want it. We got it for you. For Brian Savak. Ian, I am Jimmy. Fins up. You guys have a good night. Thanks for joining us. Fins up. Fins up.